0: My name is Brian Powell, and I'm the host of Bristol Myers Squibbs Black Organization for Leadership and Development's podcast series, Bold Innovators. This is an open conversation with bold community members and allies throughout BMS that are true leaders in and out of the office who stand with our mission to foster an inclusive environment that values the contributions of black employees equally with others. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Kina Gooden. In her current role as Executive Director, Hematology and CAR-T Worldwide Health Economics and Outcomes Research, Kenya leads a team of scientists who drive research strategy in hematology and cell therapy to demonstrate real-world benefit, address unanswered questions, and secure and maintain the optimal patient access in the US. Prior to joining Bristol Meyer Squibb, she was an epidemiologist at PPD, where she managed global pregnancy registries, designed and implemented outcomes research studies, and evaluated risk management strategies. She also holds a bachelor in science degree in biology from Howard University. She obtained a master's in public health degree in health behavior, and a PhD in epidemiology, both from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. But instead of me talking about her, let me let her tell you her story. Thanks for coming on to the podcast today, Kina.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: How's your uh, week going? I know we're kind of getting to the summertime. Are uh, you have any summer plans or anything uh, planned out for the year?
1: Oh, wow. So we're finally opening up and we're all vaccinated in my household. So we are looking forward to getting out to the beach and enjoying some sunshine this summer.
0: Yeah, after the year that we've all had or the year and a half, it's good to be able to get back to somewhat of a normal life.
1: Absolutely. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> so before we learn more about you and your story and your background and your own words, I wanted to start us off by asking what we call the Bold 10 Questions. And the Bold 10 Questions are basically questions that we ask our guests to give us a little bit of a a taste of who they are as a person in a very fun and interesting way. These are very random and rapid fire. So are you ready to answer the Bold 10 Questions?
1: I am. Let's do it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Question number one. What do you think you are much better at than you actually are?
1: <laughs> Probably dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I never miss an opportunity to dance, but I honestly don't know if I'm that great at it.
0: <laughs> I sometimes I think I have two right foot too, so I get that. <laughs> Question number two. What really needs to be modernized?
1: A very good question um I, I i'm i'm really struggling with that one <laughs> brian you stumped me what hey that's no I?
0: problem i think you <laughs> always come back to them later
1: okay let's come back to that one
0: so an easier one which okay. protagonist from a book or movie would make the worst roommate
1: <laughs> the worst roommate Yes. Probably the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he would mess up everything in the room.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes, that would be terrible. They would take up too much space, and and just you know, you can't have a good conversation with him. It just wouldn't be a good person to have <laughs> <a> roommate with.
0: <laughs> if your job gave you a surprise three day paid break to the rest and recuperate, what would you do with those three days?
1: absolutely nothing i would i would go to the beach i'll say that but once i got to the beach i would do absolutely nothing i wouldn't cook i wouldn't clean i wouldn't answer any questions i wouldn't make any real decisions i would just sit there and just be at peace and and, in solitude and quietness
0: (laughs) sounds like a perfect week for me (laughs) yes next what is your favorite part of your job
1: Wow. I would have to say the favorite, my, most, my favorite part of my job is the ability to, to work with my team and, and help them develop and to be the best people that they can be. Um, I just, that's my passion is professional development. And I love to see people reach goals, particularly reach goals that they didn't think they could reach. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it just brings me joy to see that. That's
0: great to hear. Next question. What's something you really resent paying for?
1: (sighs) Huh. Probably water.
0: (laughs) Fair, fair point.
1: I just feel like water should be free. Water, you know, it's like air. It just should be free for everyone.
0: It's a necessity. We all need water. Right. Now, here's one from outer space. Do you think that aliens exist?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, actually, I don't. I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things I don't really think about very often, but I, I, I guess if I think about it, I would say no. No, aliens don't exist. It's just
0: us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next, what is your favorite TV show?
1: My favorite TV show um, of all time?
0: All time are you currently looking at right now?
1: Okay, of all time, it's definitely a different world. That show, I think, changed my life. It, it really opened my eyes to all the joys and 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 challenges and fun that can happen um, at an HBCU specifically. Uh, so, different world. I love I love the characters of Whitney, Whitley, and Dwayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my favorite show of all time. Right now, let's see what do I watch. I don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest. I probably, if anything, watch. Um, reality TV, the most.
0: <laughs> I do the same thing
1: too.
0: Ninety days, my one of my guilty pleasures.
1: Ninety days. I like say yes to the dress. I
0: mean, <laughs> so we're, we're not marriage thought process with these reality TV shows,
1: right?
0: <laughs> Next question. In the past, people were buried with the items they would need in the afterlife. What would you want buried with you so you could use it in the afterlife?
1: My phone, my cell phone. That's probably the only thing I need. <laughs> Everything I need is on this phone. <laughs> All my apps are here um, that I, you know, I read on my phone. I, I, I read books on my phone. I, you know, the Bible's on my phone. Music is on my phone. Everything I need is right here. So my phone. It makes it, You can
0: order order food if you want to, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: So another question. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator?
1: Wow. Probably James Earl Jones. He has the most calming voice to me. And I, I like to think that my life well, who I am as a person, I'm very laid back and calm and I think, you know, his voice would kind of, you know, have that come out as just a very calm Boom, but booming, right? But powerful voice at the same
0: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like almost everyone's number one choice, James Earl Jones. Can't go wrong with him. Nope. <laughs> and the last question, uh, going going back, what really needs to be modernized or maybe updated uh, for the 21st <laughs> century?
1: What needs to be updated for the 21st century? Um, I guess we, you know, I, I we use technology so much, right? I, <laughs> I do a lot of... Um, you know, my job and I analyze a lot of data and interpret data. I guess if, if I could just speak to my computer and tell it to just shoot out the results, (laughs) instead of having to wait for someone to program, um, you know, do some type of programming and and wait for the data analysis to, to, to crunch out. You know, if you could just say, you know, give me the rates of, of disease in in this population now, (laughs) it just pops out. That'd be great.
0: Basically Alexa for your computer. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> Amazon, <laughs> hey,
0: get on it. <laughs> but thanks again for answering those uh, bullet 10 questions. I think now the audience knows a little bit more about who you are in a very fun way.
1: Great, it was fun.
0: So this next part of the podcast, we just want to learn more about you as a person and your background. And basically the question I just asked is tell me your story. It can be from any part of your life or any perspective, but just plain speak, tell us your story.
1: So what is my story? So who am I? I um, grew up in a small town in Northeastern North Carolina. Um, I had a very, very good childhood. I'll say Um, we, uh, it was me and, and my brother and my, my sister together. Um, we had a great, great childhood, no complaints there. I went off to college, I went to Howard University, HU. That is, um, was kind of a turning point in my life because it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Being from a small town, I was sheltered, I will say. And then going to Washington DC for school and being amongst um, a, a university where there was a plethora of, of, of black people from all over the world. It really opened my eyes to a lot of different things um, about people, um, understanding that, you know, one, we're not all the same, we're all very different. And then learning how to navigate uh, living in a city by myself, not having family or friends close by. I I practically grew up at Howard. And then uh, after that, going back to grad school and not really sure what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to help people I know I wanted to be in healthcare, but I wasn't quite sure what. And I think another turning point was when I was in graduate school and my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I'll never forget the phone call when he called to tell me he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, immediately I-, I jumped into action to figure out what could I do to help. As I mentioned earlier, I'm from a small town. And in this small rural town, healthcare is really limited. And I knew that his best chance of surviving this cancer was to get him to the best hospital available. And at the time, um, you know, I was going to school at UNC Chapel Hill. There's a great cancer center there. And I was working it was so funny. I happened to be working with um with one of the, the leading prostate cancer researchers in the country at the time. Wow. It, it, right, right? See how God works? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you so,
1: you know. I made a phone call to him, I told him my situation and this person where it typically it takes a while to get into his clinic he told me to bring my dad to the clinic the next Monday. And so I literally drove three hours to pick him up brought him to uh, Chapel hill and he was in that clinic and he you know, had surgery and treatment soon after and my dad is still alive today and it's been over 20 years, so I, I am I am so. Uh, grateful. Uh, that he had me to take him someplace where he could get the best care possible. I recognize that that's not going to be everyone's story. Mm -hmm. Everyone doesn't have a child in grad school working with the leading prostate cancer researcher in the country that can come pick him up, drive to pick him up and drive him three hours to give him the care that he needs. So access to care, that, that became something that was very important to me. And so as I go through my career, I, I had, you know, several jobs prior to coming to to BMS. I was always working in health disparities research. I was always working in in um, in cancer and oncology and trying to find ways to make sure people have access to the best therapies that were available. And look at me now. Here I am working at Bristol Myers Squibb, and I work with access. <laughs> Irony of it. <laughs> it yeah, it, it's, it's so amazing uh, how things have happened over the years. And, and you know, it, even, even down to my current role, um, working with the CAR-T therapies, a very innovative uh, therapy, again, I have a family member who recently um, has received CAR-T mm-hmm. therapy treatment. <laughs> and I was able to, you know, now working in that field, I know a lot about it, I was able to counsel him. And, and help him understand what the therapy was and what he would have to go through and some of the, the, the risk and benefits that he would have to weigh and give him, you know, make, help him make an educated choice as to whether or not this was a therapy for him or not. And I, again, another success story, you know, he's doing extremely well. And I've seen, I've seen the things the miracles that can happen if you have the right treatment at the right time for the right patient. And to be able to work in a company where this is my job, To help make this happen. It's amazing.
0: Thank you for telling us that story. It's great to hear that kind of your passion was brought on by experiences with your family going through the cancers and CAR-T and how your experience and your know-how and your hustle was able to give them the treatment that you need and also for you to be experienced to understand how other people deal with it and other pages deal with it as well. So thanks again for telling us your story. And I guess one follow-up question, because I know we had mentioned a different world earlier and you going to Howard. In your opinion, what was the best part or what's the importance of HBCUs just for you as well as people that might be listening to the podcast today?
1: Oh, wow. HBCUs, I think they prepare Black students, not just in terms of education you get a great education but it prepares you for the real world mm-hmm. it prepares you for working in an environment where you may be the only black person in the room mm-hmm. it prepares you for working in an environment where you're going to face challenges and struggles but you you have so much confidence at that point that you can you can face it you know i my my, my family um I'm, I'm not a first generation college student. Uh, and most of my family who did go to college went to HBCU. So it was ingrained in me earlier, early in life that you're going to an HBCU. <laughs> These are the schools that that we go to. And, and I was you know, I, I thought that was what you're supposed to do. You graduate, you go to HBCU and you go live your life. Um, so when it came time for me to apply to an H, to, to college, it, it was you know no brainer in my, my mind. This is where I was going and I got accepted to Howard and I went there and literally again I said I was exposed to a lot of different people and I learned a lot from those experiences the coursework was very difficult you know they don't call the area where all the science buildings are a death valley for no reason <laughs> you know <laughs> they it, it was so hard and you know I, I really you know went through a lot I, I'd never had to study this hard before until I went to college <laughs> And and, but at the same time, they challenged us in class, but I could go after class and sit in their office and talk to them and they would reteach it to me again until I got it. Oh, wow. Right. So I got. But you had to seek it. They didn't just hand it to you. But if you came to them, they would work with you and help you until you got it. You know, I got all kinds of great advice about internships, about um, fellowships and what I should be doing in my summers to make me more marketable. Um, In class, when we're talking about, you know, how to be a professional, they're telling us sometimes you may be the only Black person in the room, but you still need to come to the table and you need to make sure that you're prepared. Always be prepared. All these things I learned from being in the HBCU. My family, again, I'm not first generation. Some went to college, some didn't, but none of them worked in corporate America. Mm -hmm. They all chose different careers. So if it hadn't been for my instructors at the HBCU, if it hadn't been for the connections I made through going to my HBCU, I would not have understood what to do when I got into corporate America, how to behave, or, or you know, some of those things that, that some of our colleagues may learn from their family members. I, I didn't have that. So, so the people from Howard became my family. They became the people to help me push through in my beginning stages of my career. And then after leaving there, I went to UNC Chapel Hill, another another great school. But quite frankly, in terms of the difficulty, it was way more difficult to graduate from Howard Mm, than it was from UNC Chapel Hill. And I think that's because I was so prepared when I left Howard and I had the confidence I needed that I was able to kind of get through the UNC program without any problems.
0: Yeah, thanks again for enlightening the audience of the importance of HBCUs and it's been a big part of education for black folks for hundreds of years. So thanks for enlightening the audience more about the importance of HBCUs and why uh, we need to continue to support
1: them. Absolutely.
0: We obviously brought you on the podcast because you are a bold innovator in and outside of the your career. So plainly speaking, again, what makes you a bold innovator in your own words?
1: So I think what makes me a bold innovator is the my uniqueness, my uniqueness and, and boldness and, and thought, um, you know, being able to to be myself and bring that uniqueness to the table. Um, so let me let me tell you a, a story. Early in my career, I was um, It wasn't easy coming from North Carolina, moving to New Jersey again, coming here without much family other than the family in my household, but not any external support system um, was difficult. It was hard. So, you know, we're trying to acclimate to a new area and I'm trying to acclimate to a new job, a new position. And I felt like I was different from everyone in the room. And it, it wasn't just, you know, different because of my race or gender. It wasn't just that. It was just the way I thought. The ideas I had, you know, when we were faced with challenges at work, to the way I would address it, always seemed different from everyone else. I was having a hard time fitting in, basically. And as I was talking to um, a woman uh, who was mentoring me at the time, and this was a couple of years after I'd been um, in the industry for a couple of years, and I was telling her I was having a hard time fitting in still after being here for a couple of years, and she she looked at me and she said. Um, when you're in these meetings, um, does anyone in the room look like you? I said, no, I'm the only black female in the room. Mm -hmm. She said, well, then why on earth are you trying to fit in? Mm -hmm. You already stand out, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And this was a very pivotal point because a light bulb went off and I'm like, she's right. Why am I trying to be something that I'm not? Why am I trying to think like someone else? Right. It's almost like I was afraid of my own voice. Because my voice, when my ideas were different from the rest of the people in the room, then it must be wrong, mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking, no, you have different ideas and they're just as brilliant as everyone else's. Be okay with that, mm-hmm. right? Accept that. And so after that, it took me some time, but I slowly started to say, okay, let me just be myself. Um, and and it was not just in in being more vocal and my ideas, expressing my ideas, but It was also in just how I look and how I dress and stop trying to assimilate or or be like everyone else to fit in, but be myself. And when I did that, doors just started opening left and right, Brian. Mm. You you would not (laughs) believe what happened. And and it's because now I'm bringing my authentic self. Now I'm bringing my uniqueness to the table. And that's what makes me special. That's what makes me innovative. Saying the, the difficult thing in the room that no one else wants to say, but they may think it, saying that out loud, you know, that's what makes it different. Another example um, of of just kind of um, verifying my thoughts. We had a we were doing a, a team building activity one time, and it was one of those personality tests. And I can tell you which one it was, but it was a personality test where you, you read a bunch of questions and you answer it, you know, and then they put you in these boxes mm-hmm. based on the personality. And so after we did this test, the um, the the person who was uh, who, was, who designed the test or brought the test to us, they had all the people who fit this personality go to this side of the room, the people who set the other personality go to the next part, and she had us kind of divided up into four corners.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was the only person in my corner. Oh, wow. And, and, and I just started laughing. When I looked around, I literally started laughing out loud because it validated what I always knew. I'm not like everybody else, <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> Embrace it. <laughs> embrace it right I mean we we all come to the table with our ideas based on our experiences based on our backgrounds you know the things that where we're from where, what we went through and I think that bring those ideas forward bring that uniqueness to the table and you just be you and that's what's gonna make you succeed
0: that makes complete sense And I know a lot of our listeners, especially black individuals, they go through that process every day where they're the only person in the room. I guess what type of advice could you give to them to get over that hump? Because it can be a little bit uncomfortable trying to being your authentic self or bring yourself to the office when you have that burden of if I'm different, then I might be judged for being different. Like what's advice you give to get over that hump?
1: It it is very difficult. And I'm an introvert, Brian. People don't believe me when I tell them that, but I really am. So I do not like to shine. (laughs) I do not want the attention to be on me, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you are doing yourself a disservice trying to be somebody who you are not. And while being the center of attention or standing out drains an introvert, trying to be someone you you aren't drains you even more. Right. So I have to sit and think, where do I want my energy to be? Do I want my energy to be in me trying to remember to act a certain way or speak a certain way or do things a certain way so that I fit in? And mind you, you're doing all this and you're still going to stand out because you're the only one in the room. So you're wasting your time. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Or should I put my energy into just being me and doing the best that I can um, at my job? Really leaning into the conversation, to the table, really taking in the discussion so that you can be the best that you can. Because if you're too busy worrying about everything around you, you're not listening to what's happening at the table. You're missing the opportunity to lean into the conversation, to be a part of the team. It takes practice. It's not going to happen overnight. And it takes a while to get comfortable with yourself. But I just, I would just tell people to just continue to do the work. To get comfortable with yourself, do not shy away from your own brilliance. It's there. It's you. Let it shine. Yeah,
0: those are great words, and, and on the shining part as well. When was a time when your being different has been able to lead to humongous success for you?
1: <sighs> Let me think of a good example. Um, <laughs> it happens a lot, to be honest. I think that because I I speak up people people because when when you speak out people tend to see you in more of a leadership light right mm-hmm. so i think if you're always trying to conform you're always trying to fit in you're less likely to bring that new idea to the table you're less likely to to even bring any ideas to the table because you're too busy trying to blend into the crowd right mm-hmm. i think that when i have had these opportunities um to lean in, to 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 speak out, to give that divergent idea. Um I've had leaders come to me and say, Oh hey, who's that? I noticed her. She says something that was compelling. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then once they you get that visibility, then more opportunity will come your way.
0: That makes a lot of sense because I guess what the squeaky wheel gets to oil to a certain degree. Sometimes someone, if you're different of a different perspective, you will get a lot of attention than just the boilerplate ideas that come about.
1: And Brian, just because, you know, it's different doesn't always mean it's right. And you have to own that and be okay with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So one thing I've seen people do where they say, well, I did speak up in this meeting and everybody shot me down. Okay. And, (laughs) 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 you know, I don't have to be right. And you shouldn't feel like you have to always be right or you have to always have people, you know, agree with you or be on your side. Right. But I do think that you should own whatever your thoughts are. And and it's okay, okay to to be wrong. But have that conversation and be a part of the team and lean in and don't just be a wall flyer who just kind of goes with the group thing. And speaking of that,
0: too. Because obviously, it takes a lot of confidence in order to put yourself in that position to be different, have different thoughts and ideas. How did you build that confidence over time? Was it practice or getting a couple of those wins uh, in your back pocket? How did you build that confidence?
1: Uh, That's a great question. It it, it does happen over time, and it's a a slow build, at least it was for me. Um, I was always confident, and I knew my ability, and I felt like if I worked hard, people would see that, and I wouldn't have to say or do much more than just work hard. Uh, but I learned that it, it takes more than just that. You have to um, be able to advocate for yourself. You have to be able to um, show people you know, what you can do. Um, you have to be able to speak up, bring those new ideas to the table, and you will get some wins. People will say, you know, great idea. Like I've had someone tell me one time um, that, you know, I'm so happy you're on my, on our team. Um, and the ideas that you brought up was great. I'm, gla- I'm glad you said what you said. Now, mind you, they, everybody shot my idea down. <laughs> <laughs> but they just reaffirmed that we need to have those different thoughts on the table, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, you know, that was a confidence builder to have that person come to me and, and just kind of validate that, yeah, it was different. And I'm glad you brought it up, you know, it, even though it got shot down. It was, it was a good idea. Uh, so I, I think you will get some wins doing this, um, and that will help you with your confidence. Again, don't shy away from your own brilliance. And that, that's, I say that a lot because I, I, I've done that a lot. And so I have to constantly remind myself that, you know, I'm, I, I did the work to get here. I didn't get here by accident. It wasn't like I stumbled into the roles that I have. Um, I worked hard to get here. I have the pedigree mm-hmm. that it takes to get here. So why would I think my ideas are any less brilliant than anyone else's?
0: That's a statement I'm going to take away from this conversation. Don't shy away from your own greatness. I'm going to put that in my lexicon moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> but Kina, th- thank you for telling us why you're a bold innovator. After this conversation, I don't. I still don't think you're introvert. because you seem like an extrovert, outside person? But you know, thank you again for uh, uh, for telling us know how you're a bold innovator. Thanks again for coming on to the podcast today. It was no great to hear about your personal story, the importance of HBCUs, uh, what makes you an innovator, and really the importance of bringing your authentic self to the workplace. Uh, but before we end the podcast for today. I want to ask you one last question that we ask all of our guests. And that question simply is, what's one piece of advice, life or career, you would give to your past, present, and future self?
1: So I would give the same piece of advice to all three, right? Mm -hmm. And it all ties together. And it's a scripture that I, I try to live by. And it's from Luke. 12th chapter. And that is a scripture that says to whom much is given, much is required, but much will be required. Mm. And I, the reason why I would give it to my past self is because, again, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I was much quieter than I am today um, when I was younger. And I just, I would need to just start telling myself, listen, you, you're, you're going to be, you're blessed already, but you're going to be even more blessed. Like you're going to, you're going to achieve so much more than you even think you can achieve. Mm -hmm. But know that because of that, much will be required from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And my future self, I need to continuously tell myself that much is required of me. Basically, you know, what it means is that. If you're, if you're blessed with talents, you're blessed with knowledge, you're blessed with, with, with a lot of, um, great opportunities, then you, you, you gotta you gotta give that back, right? You've gotta give back to your community. You've gotta give back to others. I feel like, you know, we all should, should win together. We all should help each other. So if I'm doing well, all of us should be doing well. And so I mentor a lot. That's, again, I told you earlier, professional development is my passion. I mentor a lot of, of people and I just wanna continue that trend you know, for the rest of my life. So, you know, I would give that saying to all of my my past self is to prepare me for it <laughs> and my future self to remind me that it's my job to always give back. And to to never lose, um what's the word? Not don't be don't ever get tired of giving back because that's that's what we do. You
0: leave us with Good words of wisdom there. I, I completely agree with you on that. The importance of paying it forward and, and giving back to the community is very imperative nowadays. Agree. Again, thanks again so much for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciated your time.
1: Thank you, Brian. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, me too.
0: Again, Oswell, thanks everyone for listening to the Bold Innovators podcast. We look forward to speaking with all of you soon. Take care
2: and have a bold tomorrow.